So yeah, after that, my ass fell out, but then he was able to shove it all back in. Um, I think I'm going to be good. All I need to do is kind of keep a tampon for four days and everything should be, everything should work out after that though. I mean, it should be healed up, plugged up, scabbed over, you know? Yeah, that's good. I, I, Kid, to be honest, I was really worried about it. When you told me that you were having to go to the fucking proctologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it wasn't uh, quite that elaborate. I just kind of went to care now and asked for the for the for the buck guy. And they gave me to some, you know, I guess he was the buck guy. Yeah, I mean, he never like he never introduced it, himself but... or like showed me any credentials as a doctor. But he seemed to have some solutions and had a little bit of fun in the process and. We all just kind of grew up. We, we, you know what we actually were talking about was how excited we were that, like, the best picture of the year actually won best picture at the Oscars. I know. It's pretty crazy. What a great year for film this year. No shit, right? Dude, I was having a really hard time because I, I saw a few of the movies kind of late. Yeah. And I... So on the so I, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood three times right. in movie theaters when it came out in the summer. <laughs> I saw nineteen seventeen a couple of months right. ago when it came sure. out. I saw White but then guy. on the airplane, huh? White guy, yes. White guy. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> keep trying. Keep keep trying to be Mr. Woke. I'm not it's trying not working. I'm not trying. Keep trying in your suburban I'm just Dallas. Pointing out, I'm just pointing out. What that I saw 1917 in a movie theater that has something that's indicative of my whiteness. No, that you only went to go see white guy sh- movies. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not like I get it. I get it. It's a whole thing. I'm not going to sit here and fucking defend the movies that I went to fucking see. I saw the movies that were going to be nominated for Best Picture. I don't go see Marvel movies. I don't go see stupid movies about people going on trips and getting drunk. And I I only see movies that I want to see. What are you talking about? I don't know. (laughs) I'm just like getting drunk. (laughs) Yeah, like I I don't go see see dumb bullshit. I don't. I saw it. Freddie got fingered. I didn't go see those in the movie theater. Hell no. It's one of Rip Torn's greatest uh, work. He I was honored last up. night. He was honored last night immediately after Kobe. See, the funny thing is I'm one of those white people that didn't grow up with money, unlike yourself. Yeah. So going to the movie theater was a huge treat oh, in yeah, my life when I was a kid. Dad was fucking sheriff. Had no money no, at wasn't. all. Anyway, <laughs> he, wasn't always, he wasn't always top. He was a patrolman for a all lot right. of his career. Yeah, and those guys are so broke. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so so you saw the, uh, all the movies late. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Now you know how it feels. Don't look at me like that. This is an audio medium. They can't hear your look. Cool. <laughs> what were you I mean, saying? What, so what? What black people movie should I have seen? What Indian None. movie should I have None. seen? None. You should have seen. No, the tell Indian me. Movie. Tell me. Since I saw all the wrong Dolomite movies. Dolomite is my name. And I'm not woke enough. Yeah, I watched it on fucking Netflix. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. 
Yeah. I, I, I didn't. And I didn't think it was a Best Picture nominee. And I didn't think Eddie Murphy should have been nominated for Best Actor. I thought it Hustlers was funny. Hustlers was but I didn't robbed. Think it was as good as the other. Hustlers, Hustlers was. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Um, you know that I'm cool. Funny, right? You know that I'm not being serious. And that I I'm watching you tell. get so, so mad. It's so I funny. I can't tell because this the whole Oscars last night was just like a crime to be white. So. <laughs> oh, was it? Like, you start rubbing everything in my face that I only How saw white a- guy movies. It fucking pisses me off. <laughs> Relax. What do you mean crime to be white? I don't know. They were all white, except for the guys that won. <laughs> well, Joaquin won. He also, uh, he Venezuela. also, uh, what? Joaquin Phoenix is from Venezuela. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, he was born into that cult. Yeah, I think Children I read of God. like his his parents uh like his dad got them out of Venezuela and into the cult. Oh. Like that's how that's what he used to escape Venezuela. That's kind of crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. Dude, Joaquin is so weird. His speech was so weird. It was just like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like I, I felt what he was saying, but but he but he used the phrase artificially inseminate a cow in his Academy Award <laughs> acceptance speech. Yeah. Which was first, just that's just psychedelic to get up. Part of his, yeah. The first part of his speech, the like super vegan part of his speech, I was like, hey. That's the and part. then when he started when he started shitting on cancel culture, I was like, "All right, <laughs> yeah." And he, he was a great. He was. I mean, he definitely deserved. If if I don't know, like that fucking movie he pulled, where uh, what's his face got in trouble while they were making it. Uh, ben Affleck's oh, brother, Baby Affleck, Casey. Casey Affleck. They got the that I'm still here thing. That was fucking awful. Like what oh, he did to people. Like what Joaquin did to people screaming at Ben Stiller, one of the nicest guys in Hollywood, by all accounts. Just going on Letterman and completely mocking David and putting (laughs) gum under his desk and asking if he can (laughs) come do his rap music on the show. He didn't put gum under his desk. He just was like chewing gum really loudly. No, he put it under his desk. Like Dave called him out on it. So he took it out and put it, stuck it under the desk. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah. He's like, Joaquin, you could come see it. And Dave was like, yeah. And when I come, I'll make sure to chew gum. (laughs) <laughs> classic letterman bullshit god i love i miss that guy out sometimes ah, i miss david a lot i grew up every night every night of my childhood we, me and my mom would watch david yep. letterman together it was me and my dad it was awesome nice. anyway uh so the oscars were good <laughs> oscars were fun i love that parasite won what were you saying what point were you making before i totally ruined your afternoon yeah, so I was on a I was on a nice little thing about how I saw a few of the top contenders later. So uh-huh. on my flight to New Orleans a few days ago, I finally got to see Jojo Rabbit. And yeah. on the flight back, I finally got to see um Parasite. Parasite. And man, it's a great <laughs> movie, right? 
Yeah, it completely changed my top five. I thought, I thought for sure, nineteen seventeen was just gonna win all the big. Was gonna yeah. win the big categories. Yeah, I thought it was gonna take screenplay. I thought it was, not screenplay, but I thought it would take uh, director, picture, cinematography, which it did take cinematography. Yeah. Then after I saw Parasite, I was like, oh my god, this might be the year. Like this might be the one. Yeah, man. Like this might be the one to break through. I still thought that Sam Mendes would win director. Yeah, I kind of did too, but whatever. But yeah, I, do, I mean, when you think about it, what a director is responsible for. I mean, I was like jumping and grabbing my head and covering my face and Dude. like shift like on an airplane watching Parasite. Like I was completely enthralled. That movie it has everything in it. It has like slapstick comedy, like. It has suspense. It has like sexy scenes. It's got it's got like gore and like slasher shit. It's got fucking everything like it's in that you would ever want to see in a a movie. It's a mystery. It's a crime. It's yeah. 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 And the funny thing, I was sitting with Andrea didn't watch it on the plane home. She slept. Uh-huh. And when you see the little clips, when every time they talk about Parasite, and I was like, you know what the best part about this movie is, Andrea? And she said, what? And I said, seeing those clips tells you absolutely nothing yeah. of what this movie's about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seeing those clips, zero spoiler, because it was no. the most unexpected, wild roller coaster ride I think I've ever been on in a movie. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even spoiled it. By with what we've said and we've described it, we've described a lot of it and we haven't spoiled it. Yeah, that's how good this fucking movie is. And if you haven't seen it, you got to you got to see it. It's swept for a reason. And and by the way, it was up against some of the like, like, this is a great year for movies. This was year, like even the bad Jojo Rabbit, almost a perfect film. Right. Right. Like the one that the the. Arguably, the you know the one that didn't win anything was still a Scorsese Scorsese flick. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> and I thought you know the worst of the Best Picture nominees was Joker. Right? Yeah, sure. I would. Uh, I would say yeah, yeah. You're right. As I thought, Irishman was much better than Joker. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, Joker. I'll Joker had a fa- had an all time great performance. Within it. a very mediocre film, right? That's which is so weird, isn't it? Yeah, but that's you know that happens a lot. Like Ray is not a very good movie, but Jamie Fox was all time as Ray Charles. Yeah, that's true. Last King of Scotland was like blah as fuck, but Forrest Whitaker totally deserved his Oscar for the pianist. Have you yes. seen the pianist? It's yes. like garbage. Like I know it's a <laughs> I know it's a Holocaust movie, and I probably shouldn't say that, but like. It's just so like cheap looking in a lot of the scenes and it's wild, especially like the first like 20 minutes or so. It's just it looks like a made for TV movie, (laughs) but it's got this like incredibly beautiful thing by Adrian Brody. I don't know. Best actor. Yeah, I know. I feel you. It's one of those. I mean, shit this year. Yeah. um, Judy. Yeah. Selwiger became Judy Garland. I haven't seen it. Did you see it? 
Judy's not that great. Of, no, I'm going off of uh, reviews and a lot of people I know that have seen it. Sure. And they were like, yeah, the movie's kind of like, it's kind of paint by numbers biopic. Yeah. Not very creative, but Renee Zellweger is off the charts as yeah. Judy. Just those like clips I saw were pretty incredible. Yeah. Oh my God. That one. Will you remember me? I was like, yes. holy shit. That's Judy Carland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no two ways about it. She completely inhabited that woman. God damn. And also Renee Zellweger still got her nice little Texas accent. I know. She's so, been in Hollywood for like 30 years. Even though she had like a British accent for part of that time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and she was married. Quick side note, something I forgot until we were Googling last night. Um, Renee Zellweger was briefly married to Kenny Chesney. All right. Yeah. Yo, what the fuck is with country stars just like pulling these amazing actresses? Lyle Lovett and uh, Julia Roberts. Yeah. Kenny Chesney and Renee Zellweger and there and uh, fucking Kidman. what Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban yeah. and Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani. She's not an amazing actress, but yeah. no, but she's a super hot singer. Yeah, sure. From sure, California. Yeah. <laughs> Like she's they just not love like, these country dudes. Yeah, she's not like a southern chick who moved to L.A. Like when Stefani is from L.A. Yeah, she's like, she's L.A. Like as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe they're just well. Well, first off, off the top. Yeah. They're multimillionaires. That so they're helps. That. They're, that helps. Uh, yeah, they're multimillionaires. They you know most of them are pretty good singers, and the old thing about. Country boys are supposed to be smooth and gentlemanly, so I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that wins them over. But then they, I mean, they all bail pretty much, except for Gwen oh. and Nicole so far. Oh yeah, because most of those guys are fucking fall down drunks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard Blake Shelton drinks a lot. Oh yeah, he's a uh, boozer. Yeah. <laughs> so you remember Keith Urban is a little bit different because he is Australian. Yeah, there's a different thing there That's with so him and yeah, she's Australian so, too. Yeah, she is. Every Maybe time that, she's on like a late night show, I'm like, is Nicole Kidman drunk? Oh, she's Australian. <laughs> 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 but yeah, dude. And then also, there's been um, years and years of rumors, and these are purely rumors that Kenny Chesney is. In the closet. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, he's also five five. So that's fuck. Just, that's just, <laughs> hey, fuck you, man. <laughs> you know I'm just joking, right? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> no, this ruined my day. I'm gonna stare at you in this audio format. It's a crime to be short. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Hey, you know we had Randy Newman on the show last night, and you know his one of his most famous songs. People. Short people Bro. got. No reason to live. The first time I heard that song, I was really young and I was just kind of like, what the fuck is this song about? I was just like, <laughs> I was short. I've always been a short kid. And, and uh, I was just so like, what the fuck, Randy Newman? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm but not that- tall by any means, but I'm just tall enough to not be short. Yeah. Yeah, and that are. works for me. I'm five yeah. nine. Yeah, that's Dead barely. You barely passed the test. Yeah, 
five nine, seven and a blow, you're short. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Five eight. Some people might think you're five seven. <laughs> five nine. Some people might think you're five ten. Yeah, it's true. So depending on what shoes I wear, I'm five ten. I'm wearing uh, cowboy boots. Five ten all day, baby. Fuck yeah. You, can, you, <laughs> you have cowboy, cowboy boots. Um, I have a pair here, but yeah. they're worn the fuck out. Mine really nice pair. I left in Texas cause I had to get Why? them resold and I just never got it done. Cause mm. I meant for my dad to take them and get them resold for me and then send them up here. And then they just never materialized. And here we are six and a half years later. <laughs> hey, how, how, if you're listening, fucking send them, get these motherfuckers resold sent up to your boy. Yeah. They're actually his. They're actually his old boots. Wow. Yeah, they're like Lou Casey ostrich skin. They're fucking dope as hell. They look amazing. They fit perfect. Wow. And he bequeathed them to his my, heir. My feet are bigger than my dad's, so that wouldn't work. Oh, really? Me and my that's crazy. Me and my dad are like same height, same size shoe. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like his twin. Huh. I'm fatter than him. Yeah. Now. Now. <laughs> <laughs> he's losing some weight in his older age. That's probably good. His appetite has cut way back from when we were kids. God, <laughs> when I wish I, I could just like do that. I wish I right? just never got so fucking hungry that I was cranky and like mean to people. And not like I, it makes me so mad that I don't have that in me. Doesn't that piss you off? Yes. Like, it fucking like, drives me insane. It, it, like, I just wish I could, because there was a point in college where I just fucking starved myself. And I you lost I was, a dick ton of weight. Yeah. And it was nuts. And I did it in a really unhealthy way. Mm. And uh, I was miserable. Just miserable. Fucking I remember doing that. God damn it. Yeah, and you also the, like that was you, the closest I was ever to get. But but even then it was just like, I don't know, like it, it was tough. It looked strange, too, because you still had like a rounder face. Yeah, I know. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Like, I always have some a round people face. just have round face. I always like, have a round a, face, a round face. And you had like the smallest waist you've probably ever had. Yeah. And it was just like. I'm what? still getting compared to every fat actor. Yeah. Just you're just like, like, oh, you're like Chris Farley. And you're like, I weigh 160 pounds. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's like, I just lost 60 pounds. Please do not fucking say that to me. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I've never had the good fortune of being that skinny to where I could get mad about that. I did go through a phase in college where I lost a very considerable amount of weight. Yeah. I lost like 40 pounds once in college. Yeah, sure. But then like, you know, I was still fat, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, but uh, I with you though, like it, I'll think about it and I'll, you know, in between meals I don't and I'm just like, don't need to eat that much. Like they yeah. feel sick if they eat too much. I could never imagine that. Yeah, neither can I. Like, that's just wild. Well, no, I can. I no, I do get to a point. I do have a breaking point. And my breaking point has gotten my breaking point has gotten smaller, especially I feel like especially in my 30s. 
Yeah. Um, I don't eat nearly as much as I did in my 20s and especially in my teens. In my teens, I was just like an empty, bottomless pit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was also playing football and right, shit back then. Good. And that's, yeah. But then in my 20s. So calories. Yeah. In my 20s, I, my early 20s to mid 20s, would eat just a shitload. Yeah. My later 20s, I started to eat less. And now in my 30s, my appetite has gotten smaller and I have been losing weight slowly but surely. But I still like, you know, when I think I'm hungry, I don't think. I'd love a good kale salad and some yeah. grilled chicken. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh like my some, God. Just I'd like some dry pasta. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'd like some dry pasta and egg whites, please. I would like some <laughs> bread, please. <laughs> Give me bread. Give and me geez. sauce. Oh my God. Speaking of food. Yes. Can we talk a little bit about New Orleans? Tell me about it. You were just there doing a wedding. Doing a wedding. Andrea did the wedding. I did yes. the part. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. Actually, it was a funny coincidence. One of my good friends from that restaurant that I manage uptown. Yes. So back when I was a server there before the fire. Yes. Um, <laughs> this girl named Sadie. She doesn't mind being shouted out on the podcast. What up, Sadie? Hey. Um, she just happened to be in New Orleans. And wow. she just happened to get there the day that Andrea was shooting the wedding and I was flying solo that day. That's cool. So shit worked out really well, but like, man, I got to tell you about this restaurant called Elizabeth's. Tell me about it. So Elizabeth's is in a neighborhood in new Orleans called the Bywater. Uh huh. And if you ask them why it's called the Bywater, it's because it's by the water. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, did I ruin that for you? <laughs> no, I liked it. I liked it. All right. Um, but no, it's like this old, it like used to be kind of a lo- lower income neighborhood with a lot of like warehouses and industrial yeah, shit in it. Sure. Now it's. Bushwick. It's coming on. It's on the upswing. It's it's above Bushwick in the upswing territory. It's oh, like somewhere okay. between Bushwick and Williamsburg right now. It's like it's like Western. No. Yeah. Western Bushwick. Maybe the better comparison is Harlem. Oh, it's like Harlem right now. Secretly, everybody's rich. Yeah. Secretly, everybody's moving there and there's still a lot of the former neighborhood represented. But it's you see where it's going. Right. But Elizabeth's great restaurant down there. Southern just straight up Southern cooking. You know what I mean? Tell me, uh, what'd you get? So, for an appetizer. <laughs> and this is the part where it's like, yeah, Ooh, we could have got go. the Yeah, we could have got the yogurt and granola. But what'd you get? We got the praline bacon. <laughs> yeah, you did. That's <laughs> oh, praline bacon. Tell me what that's like. So it's, it's candy coated bacon. <laughs> oh my God. And it was some of the most delicious shit I've ever eaten in my fucking life. What was okay? your entree? Tell me the entree. Look my entree. I got the cold smoked steak and eggs with cheese grits. Oh my God. Cheese grits. And the steak. Have you ever had a cold smoked steak? No. What does that even mean? I know we had to Google it. So it's another type of aging process comparable to dry aging, but they do it in a cold environment and they use smoke to age it. 
So with that, you get like a smoky campfire taste, but with a gourmet preparation of pan sear and broil. I never knew a steak could taste like this. It was outstanding, and it had hollandaise sauce on it, and I had over-easy eggs and cheese grits, and I had one of the best Bloody Marys I've ever had in my life. Holy shit, dude. And Andrea, this is brunch. Andrea had chicken and waffles, and the waffle was a cornbread waffle. Shut the fuck up. I would if I was lying, but I'm oh, telling the truth. God. <laughs> Dude. My, my, pant, my pants just got tighter listening to that. <laughs> I definitely put some weight back on in New Orleans. Well, yeah, uh, that's what you do in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Outside of that, you know, we did some Creole food. We did Willie Mae's Scotch House for some good old fried chicken, which is outstanding. You need to go to New Orleans. I know you've never been. I've never been. I'm getting hungry listening to this. Dude. Just, just drive over there. After I want to I go to New Orleans with you. <laughs> I've been there. I've been, a, been there a lot. Yeah. I know the lay of the land pretty well. Hell yeah. And, you know, dude, we'll eat some great food and we'll get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to love it. I'm Hell telling yeah. you, the city's completely different from when your dad's friend got murdered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's a very different. It's a very different town now. Pretty much the reason why I haven't ever been. He scared the <laughs> shit out of me with that story. Well, I mean, that makes total sense. I'm not knocking your I'm not knocking that. that yeah, that's, that's something to that's hear and avoid. Yeah, <laughs> don't take the shortcut. Just stay on the road. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to our ne- our new section? Oh, yeah. We got a new segment, ladies and gentlemen, and it's called. Check. Check this shit out. Check this shit out. Check this shit out, Matt. Tell me. You brought this up when we were talking before we started recording. We don't like to do politics, but this is too good. We've done politics in the past. We're trying to steer clear of it. But Joe Biden called a lady, (laughs) and I quote, a lying, comma, dog-faced, Comma, mm-hmm. pony soldier. <laughs> a lying dog face pony soldier. <laughs> he called a voter that. <laughs> Why? What the fuck? Well, uh, first she brought up Iowa. She was and she was like, "You didn't do very well." And 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 uh, we don't even know who won. And then he was just like, "Oh, you're a lying dog faced uh, pony soldier." And right now, while we're on this, I'm going to Google Pony Soldier. Yeah. Because I have never heard that in my life. What does that mean? Uh, let's just definition. Because when I, I Google it, it was just a bunch of pictures of Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, uh, I know that I know like two thirds of that insult. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know what dog face means. And I know what a liar is. But what is a pony soldier? (laughs) Let's see. All right. What is a pony soldier? In the context, it seems to be an insult. Okay. Yes. Thanks. 
thanks English language in Houston and usage at stack exchange. Um, in the context, it seems to be an insult, which doesn't have to mean anything. Just sound bad. So apparently Biden oh. using dog face pony soldier phrase before, but about Republicans. Oh, God. <laughs> Somebody said it's not a common idiom. There is an old movie called Pony Soldier based on the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, but it's not clear how that reference would relate unless Biden was hinting that the guy was Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> the voter in question was a young woman with short cropped hair. The quote-unquote idiom was insulting and suggestive on several levels. It is not idiomatic if the phrase was never in common usage by any blah, 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 blah. Um, somebody said it's more likely a senior moment. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh, that just makes me feel so scared about the future. Let's move on to the past. Let's, uh, you know, this is a good place to sit and revel in awesomeness. You know check, why? Check this shit out. It's there's a new breed of Tyrannosaurus Rex called the Reaper of Death. Reaper of Death. Reaper of death, it's coming for you. It's going to reap your death for what you do. Let me tell you about this. So this guy was is in Canada, this Reaper of death. He's in Canada. He's, according to this artist rendition, he's bright orange, discovered in Calgary. This is from the Edmonton Journal. A fearsome lizard with a name bearing... Uh, Reaper of Death is the first new Tyrannosaurus species to be identified in Canada in 50 years. These guys are from the Royal Tyrell Museum. Oh, my God. Um, we'd find one feature, then we'd find another, and it would just kind of cascade into finally understanding that this was something completely different than what we'd seen before. <sighs> she said, uh, you know, they said a bunch of science science shit. Yeah, a bunch of liberal bullshit. This is an this is the first apex predatory dinosaur species known from this formation. Yeah, blah blah blah. Fucking rad name though. Yeah, dude. The fucking the best part of, of it is the Reaper of Death. The Reaper of Death. Sounds like a Metallica song. <gasps> Reaper of Death, it is coming for you. Reaper of Death, he's gonna kill you too. Keep going. Reaper of Death, he's coming for you. Reaper of Death, he's gonna kill your mother too. Reaper of Death, come on, clap your hands. All right, that was a that was interesting. Uh, <laughs> James Hetfield's at my house today. Oh wow, that's uh, he's off the been... wagon. We're he's off the wagon. We're drinking beers. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Ruin his life. Please. <laughs> It'll be his third sit in rehab. Wow. Good for him. <laughs> Never getting that life insurance policy, baby. Nope. But yeah, man. New T-Rex. 
New T-Rex. I love dinosaurs. Hunting Canada back in the day. Dinosaurs are the best. Fucking nuts. Uh, they weren't real, though. Yeah, I know that they're just a test from God, um, ah. but it's still fun to play pretend. Right, I know. If you can't pretend, then what can you do? I mean, people pretend that God exists. Why can't we pretend dinosaurs existed? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. You know what's funny with our with our listening group? My little my little white fragility meltdown earlier where I said white is a crime. That'll yes. go over better than God is fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I was thinking about cutting some of that out, but maybe I'll just keep it now and say I was joking. Fuck it. It's not that big of a deal. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody's listening. Nobody that matters. Yeah, <laughs> Plus, after Joaquin's speech last night, cancel culture is dead. Yes. Yes. And we're going to go inseminate some cows. So, <laughs> um, so that's our new segment called Check called This Check Out. Check this shit out. Check this shit out. Check this shit out. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now we move on to, to our next segment of the show. Whose lyrics I have written down here. We're all gonna die. It's our only guarantee. So just to pass the time, I suggest you listen to me. It's the Matt on Matt podcast. Recommendsies. And I got some recommendsies for you. This weekend was the debut weekend of the XF. L. Tell this me about it. The new XFL, as we all know, or maybe some of us know, the XFL did exist for one season back in 2001. Yeah. It was founded by WWE founder, chairman, CEO, and president Vince McMahon. How'd that turn out? Uh, this week of football was great. Uh huh. Really good. So, obviously, as somebody who watched the first couple of weeks of the old, the original XFL, I was looking to compare it because the original XFL was a shit show. Um, (laughs) I didn't, I don't remember it in the sense that it was like a circus atmosphere with like super over sexualized cheerleaders. Oh, nice. Like, super tacky fucking uniforms where the players could put whatever name they wanted on the back. So like <laughs> one guy had a, one guy's name on the back said death blow. Another nice. guy's name on the back said, he hate me. Uh, <laughs> Rod smart who went on to return the opening kickoff of super bowl 38 for the Carolina Panthers. Wow. Um, okay. He, but he was always known as he hate me from that moment forward. <laughs> but yeah, super tacky and they replaced the kickoff with something called the scramble where two players would line up t- 20 yards from the football from, you know, one from each opposing team and yeah. they would blow a whistle and they'd run and whoever got the ball get would get the team would get the ball first. And it was stupid. And in the very first scramble, a player got injured and it sucked. But the that original XFL awful. Yeah. The original XFL did have some positives mostly in terms of how they broadcast the sport cameras down on the field, sideline reporters and the sky cam was invented for the XFL and is now a staple in all sports. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there were some positives to take from it. Kind of like the prequels. Exactly. There are definitely positives in the prequels. Well, they, they provided a ton of, uh, uh, like visual effects tech, like, so oh, anyway, anyway, yeah, anyway, anyway, so 
few years ago, there was an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary called This is the XFL, or This was the XFL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have uh, Dick, uh, Dick Enberg. I can't remember his name, but the guy from NBC that partnered with Vince McMahon to create the XFL. Mm-hmm. And they didn't give themselves enough time. It was super tacky. It was very of that era. You know, that like 98 through 2001 era where shit was tacky and over the top and way too aggressive. Yeah. Like our childhood. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yes. I do remember our childhood. Yeah. So it was very of that era and it didn't work. And that inspired Vince McMahon to give it another try, but to make it way more legitimate. Okay. as far as its presentation goes, because it's okay. also the original XFL, the football was terrible. Like the oh. game sucked balls. Okay. So now Wasn't they, Trump involved with it. No, Trump was involved with the USFL. He was part owner of the United. Oh, States back okay. in the eighties. Yeah. Okay. I told my dad with full confidence that Trump ran the XFL into the ground. The other day, and he believed me, and he's probably told like twenty people that. Yeah. Uh, since then, so good on You're me. Air of fake news. Good, awesome, <laughs> great, good but, job. Uh, good job, Matt. Um, but yeah, this week was great. The you know the uniforms look great. The fans came out to support their teams. Um, they installed some new rules that yeah. have that are, are really good. So first of all, there's a new kickoff. So instead of one team lining up at the 35 and kicking off and them getting a full field head start to go destroy a man, yeah, they made it a lot safer. So what they do now is the kicker still kicks off from the 35, but the two opposing teams, the receiving team and the cover team, line up five yards apart from each other on the opposite 30 and 35 with the kick returner back around the 10-yard line. What? So- has to go past the 20 yard line and the, the, the lines cannot engage each other until the receiver has caught the ball. Huh? And it was super exciting. And I really, really liked it. And if the ball, if the kickoff falls short of the 20 yard line, the receiving team gets the ball at the kicking teams, 45. Whoa. Yeah. And they also, there's no, kicking an extra point. Now you have to run an offensive play. You can run a one point play from the two yard line, a two point play from the three yard from the five yard line or a three point play from the 10 yard line. So in the XFL, there's a possibility of a nine point touchdown. Okay. Wow. This is awesome. Yeah. It was fucking great, man. I watched a bunch of it this weekend and it was going to watch it next weekend. Holy shit. And the the teams were airing the ball out. They were going downfield. They were stretching the field. Uh, it was just really fucking good, man. I watch? really enjoyed it. Who'd you watch? Um, so I, I saw little bits of all four games, and I saw pretty much all of the New York game. Yeah. So I saw highlights of D.C. beating Seattle. I saw highlights of Houston beating L.A., I okay. saw I watched the entirety of New York beating Tampa and so far I've watched 3 quarters of Dallas versus um St. Louis. How many teams are in the league? 8. Okay. 8 teams, two divisions, east west, 4 and 4. Um Okay. Yeah, and it's really cool shit. The Dallas is the Renegades. Yeah, I um, know that. 
their general manager is Daryl Moose Johnston, famous from uh, his Dallas Cowboys days as Emmett Smith. Are you fucking kidding me? Moose is running this show. Moose is the GM and their head coach is Bob Stoops from OU. All right. National champion head coach from OU. Holy fuck. Yeah. How do I not know this shit? I listen to sports radio. I guess maybe sports radio wasn't covering it that much. I follow XFL on Twitter. So like I found out everything as it was happening. I see. But I would highly suggest anybody give it a shot, man. Um, The Houston team looks great. The DC team looks great. Um, Dallas, Dallas is struggling right now because their starting quarterbacks not playing this week. So their offense isn't really clicking, but their defense is really fucking good. All right. Uh, but yeah, I highly suggest everybody check out the XFL. You're going to have a really good time and everybody check out sex education. Yes. The show on Netflix just put out its second season and goddamn, this is a great show. It takes place in Wales, mm-hmm. uh, follows a young man, a 16 year old who is the son of a sex of two famous sex therapists. One of which is Jillian. Jillian Anderson. Ugh. And she is smoke show hot in this show. God damn it. She's so hot in that show. Mm-hmm. It's painful to think about right now. And the lead actress, the uh, the lead high school aged actress. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she looks exactly like Margot Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> to the point cool. where a girl met Margot Robbie and said, I love you in sex education. And Margot Robbie was like, oh, that's not me. That's funny. Wow. But this is a great show. I don't want to go into too much detail on it because I know a lot of people haven't watched it, but it's, you know, this kid is mom's. He's got pent up sexual frustration and he very much views sex negatively. Yes. He has a highly sexual mother and a highly sexual father, and he's living in this highly sexual high school. And yeah, that's awesome. That's where it starts. It's a great fucking show. I saw the first season and really loved it. Mm-hmm. And his best friend's a gay black guy whose yeah. parents Africa. So there's a lot of really good storytelling with that family. Yes, yes. Uh, he loves uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yeah, they go to yeah. Well, they it's tried to great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then there's like a a character who's a complete idiot, but has a giant dick. Like <laughs> That doesn't work. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. It's, it's a great. A show. Really, really great show. I highly suggest anybody check it out. And Jillian Anderson jerks off an eggplant. So that's true. You can watch that. That's, that's the first episode in like the first 15 minutes. No spoilers. <laughs> All splooges. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, my recommendations is that you get out. If you're listening to Dallas, I know we got some Dallas listeners. I uh, just think you guys should get out and uh, support some local fucking live acts. I had a lot. I've been having a lot of fun doing that. There's this one. There's a ton of great cover bands in Dallas. I personally really like this one group. Uh, it's a David Bowie cover band called the Thin White Dukes. I saw them at the Barley House this weekend. They have a new guitarist, or at least they had a different guitarist sitting in this time. And this, and the other guy was really great, not shitting on the other guy. He was also fucking awesome. But this new dude had, was just, like, so fucking flashy and loud <laughs> and kicked so much fucking ass. 
It was just like he made David Bowie's songs explode. It's a really fucking great band. Everybody's amazing in it. Their, their keyboardist is like kind of the leader of the group, and he's just fucking great. And their singer sounds a lot like David. Um, it's a fucking great time. It's Dude, super- I really hope they're playing when I'm down there in Dallas in March. Yeah, I'm going to look it up because I want to go. We got to see him whenever you're here if they're if they're playing. That um, sounds like a load of fun. Because they are. There's some videos great. on YouTube. You can check yeah. them out. Yeah, they have a Facebook page. That's where I get all the information about like shows. Um, so you can follow them on there. Um, I'll probably, you know what? I'll tag them whenever I post this. Fuck get some, yeah! Get some fucking conversation going. Yeah, these guys, I'm I'm excited. I want to see these guys real bad. They fucking kick ass. And then uh, there's a theater. This is the oldest running theater, uh, professional theater in Dallas, uh, the Pocket Sandwich Theater, in which I am performing come at the end of March. Matt's in a play. I went out on my first audition in probably a year and a half, two years, and booked it. Because <laughs> I just you know I've been telling myself. you. I've yeah. been telling you, man, you what? are a fucking actor and you're a musician and you can do these things. Yeah. Got to believe in yourself, dog. I know. Or work. I know. Or working on it. <laughs> I, I made a website. I made a website. <laughs> he made I'm a website. It's a good website. And send him sending out, you know, packets and shit. I'm trying. You know, I'm doing it. Leave me alone. <laughs> I know. Ah! Anyway. Telling you what I already knew. Um, so go see go see shows at the pocket. Right now they're doing a play called Zombie Dearest, and uh, they are famous for doing these melodramas. Uh, it's one of the show that I will be appearing in. It's called Attack of the Killer Leeches, uh, Killer Mutant <laughs> Leeches. And oh, um, fuck, I wasn't that interested without the mutant part. Uh, it's written by Dennis G. W. Milligan, directed by Jared Seaman, and. Uh, it's going to be fucking rad. That's the show I'm in. Currently, they are playing. What are they playing? They're playing. I think it's called Zombie Dearest. Um, and it's a melodrama. And what I mean by these melodramas, uh, what you do is that it's three acts, right? And it's kind of a dinner theater situation. Um, and uh, it's it's just super fun. So the audience is given a tin of popcorn whenever you walk in and then you can buy popcorn throughout the rest of the show. You have a waiter, you have pictures of Shinerbach and Bud Light and you have like, you know, nachos if you want some fucking nachos <laughs> or like, or the famous pocket sandwich. It's like a pita bread sandwich. Um, ah, I was wondering what the fuck the name came from. Cause I was like, this sounds like it'd be like a, an English theater. Hello. Welcome to the pocket sandwich theater. The food is just about as good as British food, but you didn't hear that here, folks. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, nobody from the Pocket Sandwich Theater is listening. No, they're not. I'm joking. It's delicious. Get the fucking nachos, dude. <laughs> never bad. Um, and, and buy beer. That's the main point. So you get this popcorn, right? And then uh-huh. throughout the show, we have an accompanist that being a melodrama, and you just throw the popcorn uh, whenever you hear the happy music, uh, you throw it in celebration. When you hear the bad guy music, you throw it in disgust and you cheer and you boo. And it's just like a drunken, fun, wholesome night. <laughs> the shows are all family friendly. 
like it's a I used to, I've been going to this theater since for like almost as long as I can remember. They have a couple they have some famous shows that they do every year, like the Werewolf of London around Halloween, and then they do um, they call it Scrooge, but it's you know whatever that fucking movie is, <laughs> whatever that story is. Uh, Nightmare. Uh, no, I was about Nightmare. to say Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, time out, time yeah. out. Uh, while this is on my mind, I got to tell you this story. So small tangent here. Yeah. Do you remember the Nightmare Before Christmas music segment on Family Guy? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's like they take over and they're like creepy for no reason is the song. It's like creepy things, creepy things, creepy for no reason. And then Jack Skeleton like comes up to the camera and is like fat girls with black hair have tattoos of me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I had an Uber driver in New Orleans. Fat girl, black hair, Jack Skeleton t-shirt, and lanyard. Oh, my God. It was so hard not to be like, oh, my God, you're the family guy. Yeah, that's you. That's you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's Sorry. Funny. Sorry. Anyway. Christmas Carol. <laughs> Christmas Carol is the show that they do every year. Um, and, uh, and, and then they do these other silly ones in the spring and the summer that they kind of recycle and reuse. And I think this play has been done two or three times. I was actually in a show here 12 years ago called Atomic Cave Girls of Island Zero. <laughs> and the, that they, sounds like porno. It was fucking rad. I had all these like <laughs> chicks sitting on my lap and like, it was dope. <laughs> they were all, they were like, I was 19 and they were 23 it was like, this is the fucking bomb. You're a sexual predator, Matt Butterfield. No, I was totally tasteful and nice. <laughs> I, I won't lie. It was fucking rad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, sometimes. Well, that, no, I'm not being bad. I don't times. think that's is that weird to all say. Times. I just realized no, that I that might be weird. weird at all. I, don't, I wasn't. I And I want to be clear. I was not inappropriate at all. I like. I am currently working with one of those girls and I would <laughs> say that in front of her. Now I feel worse. Let's move on. We'll have a bad days today, man. I had a uh, meltdown. You you're currently having a meltdown. God, what the fuck in this world that I could stand less than Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, Matt. That much? <laughs> let me spit at you. Let me yeah, talk. Tell to me. You. Tell me the truth, brother. I think that James Corden and Rebel Wilson have done the same disservice to fat people that Donald Trump has done to all non whites. <laughs> all of them. They are the fat people that Samuel, jo J like, they are like Samuel L. Jackson in Django Unchained. Of fat people. Yes. Yes. They're just like, all oh, you things that you say about us are right. <laughs> all we do is eat and we're pussies and yeah. we're pieces of shit. And yeah, look at us be fat and jiggle around. We're stupid. We're dumb. We have this look fake accent. Oi, oi, oi. I'm Rebel Wilson and my thing is I'm fat and I make people laugh at me about being fat. 
Nobody's laughing with you, Rebel. They're laughing at you. When they came out... But if I see cheeseburger, fucking- a people make a smiley face. Oh. I played a character called Fat Amy, and her thing was she's always hungry. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. And James so you Corden. Didn't like the, just... the... Sorry, you huh? didn't like the, the cats, the cat costumes last night? Once they got to the punchline of the joke, <laughs> then that was hilarious. Okay, come on. But I was about they, to say, that was when good. They first, when they first came out, I was like, this is bullshit. This just reminds me <laughs> why I hate these two motherfuckers. <laughs> but then when they got to the punchline of the joke about good CGI, yes. then I was like, okay, this is hysterical. Yeah, Whoever that's... wrote this is really yeah. good. Because right. I know those two loser ass bags didn't fucking write that shit. <laughs> um, James Corden on his show, I liked his show at first, and it was fun, and it was I new, and it. it was fresh. Yeah. But now it's just like no watching a man try way too hard. Yeah, no staying power. It's the same shit every time, and it's always like vaguely uninteresting. You know, it's she just Watts is not funny on there either. Hey, by the take way. it easy. He's my friend. <laughs> For real. I know him. <laughs> just like stands there and is like, oh, yeah. Well, he, that's what a band leader does. Typically, band leaders aren't super funny. Like they yeah. kind of what? Paul Schaefer was pretty funny. Paul Schaefer was. But he didn't do anything that was that he was conscious of. He was just like high <laughs> following directions. But, um, Reggie Watts, this isn't about Reggie Watts. I don't actually have a problem with Reggie Watts. My problem is with James Corden. He tries way too fucking hard. He comes off. He comes off as a try hard. It's like you're yes. watching him and it's like, man, we're watching a guy really fucking try right now. <laughs> Same way I feel about Jimmy Fallon on his show. It's like, <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, I'm Jimmy Fallon. Look how cool I am. We're going to make music with popsicle sticks. Isn't that great? <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite is when Jimmy has like Horatio Sands on who like famously doesn't drink anymore. And then yeah. Jimmy is just like, remember all the times when we used to get fucking hammered together and like pulls out all these pictures of her of like with her, her of Horatio with like his shirt off jumping in the air and like all these like really embarrassing like drunken fucking pictures that Jimmy took and Horatio is just kind of like yeah man I do remember those times a what little a differently asshole. than you <laughs> it's so like, uncomfortable yeah, I'm ashamed of them now and you're still a drunk yeah. <laughs> yes. He but is. yeah, Rebel Wilson just completely turns me off. James Corden turns me off. Yeah. They, I don't get it. They can kiss my ass. Kiss my ass, James Corden. Don't fucking at me, bro. Don't fucking at me, bro. And don't at me, bro, with Ari fucking Shafir. Thank Fuck you. Fuck this dude. I Thank am you. Done with Ari Shafir. Not that he gives a fuck. But like, oh. fuck him. Like, this is kind of an old. This, I'm getting worked up. You hear my voice crack? This is kind <laughs> of just getting upset. But <laughs> I'm just getting mad. Um, <laughs> this is kind of an old controversy at this point. But I just wanted to go on the record. As everyone knows, like a couple weeks ago, Kobe Bryant died really suddenly in a horrific crash that killed, I think, nine other people, and yeah, including nine his total. daughter. Like, oh, nine total, including yeah. his daughter. And this fucking, like, 
Like, look, Ari has – I followed Ari literally since I was in junior high. I remember watching the Amazing Racist um, videos in junior high and kind of thinking they were funny and kind of being like, that's super fucked up. And and I so I have followed this dude throughout most of his career and can speak to the fact that this guy just goes for the lowest common denominator, is rarely ever has any fucking punchline to any sort of like stunt that he pulls. And he is not fucking funny, which brings me, which is why I'm bringing it back to Kobe after Kobe died and before anyone really knew anything about it. So he is famous for, Ari is famous for shitting on people the day that they died, like iconic people. And it's it's like a thing he does on Twitter that a lot of his followers think is kind of funny. And sometimes if it's like a like a person that was especially controversial, it it can be kind of funny in a way, but like in a super dark way, I guess. But it's it's I don't know. This time it was different just because he did it so quickly and so brashly. And he said, I'm glad that helicopter went down. Fuck the Lakers. Like, fuck this guy. There's That's not funny. He did it before we even, like, before I think it was even confirmed. He wrote a tweet about how, he uh, about that, and then he made a video, and then he deleted all those things and, and locked all of his social media down and canceled his tour. Apparently NYU isn't going to let him shoot his special there anymore, like, because of security reasons. I don't know. I'm not a fan of people getting doxxed, which is kind of what happened to him, but I am totally excited for a comedic sort of scene without his energy in it. Yeah. What do you fucking think, man? Like, like, man. So for years, I would see him do and say things and I'd be like, ah, it's just Ari. I yeah. don't have to I don't have to like him, but I also don't hate him. Right. He's part of my like favorite crew of comedians. Right. They all my like whole feel on him really changed when he drugged Bert. Yeah. Yes. When he drugged Bert in Bert's home while Bert's daughters were home. Yes. Yes. That is when I was like, oh, With this a- guy is not just playfully mean. Yeah. He's a bad person. Right. Right. And he, He's he just a bad doesn't person. And he doesn't give a shit about any like the what, what consequences for anybody else beyond like a punchline. Yeah. Like, it, like and Kreicher would never say something like that. Right. Tom Segura would never say something like right. that. Right. And Tom does not mind shitting on a person. No, no. He's Tom is vicious. Yeah. Tom like, will get at you, but he's like, never going to say something like that. Yeah. He's not going to say that he's glad that a helicopter carrying a 13 year old girl and all of her friends went down and fucking because died. You don't like the Lakers and because Kobe was accused of rape 23 years ago. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it, I don't know. Kobe's legacy is fucking complicated as shit. Um, he, he had it, a, the way I put it and a guy in a speech last night said it friends. best. I don't know. The guy in the speech last night said it best. Kobe had a great second act. Yes. He turned it. He completely after that debacle, after that the horrible shit in Colorado. 
Right. He changed his entire life. He changed right. who he was a person, a husband, a father, a basketball player. Yes. And I think I could be wrong here. Sometimes how someone responds to negative things they do says something about who that person is. I don't right. know. Right. Right. But regardless, I mean, Kobe was also one of the top three basketball players that ever lived. He was a global right. icon in in shoe fashion. He was a global icon in basketball. And he won an Oscar last year. Like, there's just too many people in the world that idolize Kobe Bryant. Right. And he had friends. to think he can just get away with that. Yeah. And I'm just fucking so – because I've all – like – he pretty much lost me when he drugged Bert also. Like I was just like, Oh, but I, I was on the fence about him way before that, particularly whenever I would hear about how he would treat women. Like, yeah, like he assaulted, uh, Natasha Leggero at the comedy store. Right. Yeah. Just straight up, like threw a glass, like, like threw a, a glass of water on her and like broke something and just said, this is my place. Get out of here. Why is like, he like this? Like, and everyone's just like, oh, that's Ari. It's like, that's a fucking lunatic thing to do. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Until we were recently talking about Ari and you brought it up. Yeah. If I didn't know about that, I would have, ne- I wouldn't have had the, oh, that's Ari attitude for so long. Right. But it like, it's, it's problematic as fuck, man. Like, yeah, his, it, it, it's an energy thing. Yes. I think. That's a big thing with comedians mm-hmm. is the vast majority of shit that the comedian says, I'm going to say it's a joke and I can tell right. by their energy. Right. Comedians exude an energy. Right. You know, Burt Kreischer can say some fucked up shit, but it's hurt <laughs> and he has Burt energy. Whenever we went to go see him, we went to go see him and the first thing he said was just like, my wife's a haggard bitch. But it, <laughs> I don't but know. It's Bert. it's Bert, and you also Horrible Leanne is say. Leanne yeah. is also so prevalent in his social media and has her own podcast yeah. that you know that they have a great relationship and that he yeah. wrote a joke, right? And that <laughs> she's probably laughed about it. And then, well, and then what I was going to say is that, and then after he says that, he then goes on to tell all these amazing stories about her and like, and like you can tell that. She, I don't know. He loves his fucking like, wife. And it oh, was yeah. a fucking joke. And like like he knows that his life is like basically held together by her. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, straight up. Like he wouldn't be where he is without her. Yeah. Like, like Bert exudes a very positive energy. Right. Tom exudes a very comedic energy. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Rogan exudes the same energy very in his positive. stuff. Yeah. Very positive energies. Right. Ari, all I ever feel from him, all I feel from him is negativity. Yes. And I don't feel that, like. It, yeah. I don't feel like. And that joking. negates jokes. Yeah. yeah. It I, negates jokes. Like you can tell when somebody wrote a joke because they thought this will be funny. I'm trying to make people laugh. And you can tell when somebody wrote something. I don't want to call it a joke. Wrote something thinking this is gonna piss people off. Yeah, that and that's all he was trying to do, which is just so immature and so fucking lame, and just has been his gig forever. Yeah, and, I'm, and I and it's pretty much done. 
I mean, in the mainstream way, at least. Yeah. Like, he's always going to have his fucking incel fucking, like, loser followers that love Yeah, he'll fucking, he'll do great with the Legion of Skanks. I'm not hating on the Legion of Skanks, I just mean. I kind of am. I don't like that guy. I don't know much about him, I just. (laughs) Louis (laughs) Gomez. I don't shit on him without knowing much about them. Does that make sense? Sure. I just hear their names. Yeah. And I've never listened to anything that they do. But yeah, I guess anyway, we're good. Don't at me, bro. <laughs> don't at me, Ari Shafir. Don't, don't at, at Matt Butterfield. Don't at me. He won't anyway because he's on private and we can't. He can't see what I'm saying. Good. Um, well, that's it for this episode of the Matt on Matt podcast. I think we covered it. everything. Unless you got anything else you want to throw in there. That's all. That's it. And that's, that's all for us, folks. <laughs> I'm Matt Beery. You can follow me at MattBeery06 on all the social medias. You can email us your questions, comments, concerns. We'll throw out the comments and concerns, and we'll only pay attention to the questions at the Matt on Matt pod at gmail.com. Uh, go to my website, Matt on Matt, Butter- uh, Matt, on Matt Butterfield, MattButterfield.net, um, uh, and follow me on Twitter at Twitterfield. Instagram is private. You can try and find me. Ew, eat a dick. And what are we on Twitter? Uh, we are the Matt on Matt Pod on Twitter. Love Follow it. Us there. Hit us up. Until next time. Adios, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs>